So if you went to uh, someone else's birthday party and you're having a lot of fun, you sing happy birthday, you give them a present, you don't have to, maybe you do. And then, um, yeah, you, so there's no gift required, that's really important, but you might give one, that's nice. You see, when we give, it's always free will, it's not, it's not mandatory. And then um, we might say something nice, like I like you, this is something that you did that I liked. Um, and we might say a few things that we liked about them. We might tell everyone something we like about them. So what, what a nice birthday party would it be if, if uh, you showed up, let's say I'm there, and I stand up and I say, let's say it's um, Michelle's birthday party, and there's, uh, and there's two birthday parties at once. So I'll talk about Michelle first. And I say, I really like these things about Michelle. Uh, this is things about her character. She's funny sometimes. She makes everyone laugh. Um, she's really laid back, but she's also like a go-getter. And also um, when she works, she works hard. And um, she did all these nice things that, she, that I really like about her. She's so sweet. Um, everyone thinks she's beautiful. And these are some things that she did that you might not know that I really like. And I give her like a list of like one time when she did these really interesting things and everyone hears it. You know, Michelle might really like that. And then let's say there's someone else named uh, Michael there. And I say, now Michael, he has a birthday on the same day as Michelle. So we always every year celebrate their birthdays at the same time. And I do this and I say to Michael, there's a whole bunch of stuff I like about Michael and these are things Michael did. And I tell everyone in the room things I like about Michael and Michelle. Same way, both of them. That's great. That's a really nice thing to do when we're all gathered together uh, and for Michelle and Michael's birthday party. But what if someone else shows up to the party and spends the whole time insulting them? And what if I'm there and uh, that person keeps interrupting when I talk and I'm saying nice things? And what if that other person goes there and grabs the, one of the birthday cakes and just flips it off the table and stomps on it? What if someone is there that always is, talks about Michael behind his back? Michael might not like that. Michael and Michelle might not like that if there's people that are just insulting them and flipping the cakes over and kicking the table and insulting everyone who's there. And then I say, I like Michelle, I like Michael, I like these two people. And then this person says, well, Michelle's stupid and ugly and Michael's an idiot. And then that, uh, that man that shows up and insults everyone, he starts taking things for himself. He starts wrecking the place. We might say, you know, that's not the best birthday party I've ever been to. Now, ideally, that person would just leave. Even better, they don't show up. What if you go to a birthday party with two of your friends you really like and everyone else who shows up, everyone is rude, insulting, liars, backbiters, backstabbers. They go around town slandering those two people's name. They do things wrong all the time. They're filthy people. They don't even pull their pants up. You can see their ass cheeks hanging out. They're sweating all over the place on the food. There's sweat. People don't even want to eat. They're like, fuck, I don't want to eat this food. Someone's hair is in it and there's sweat on the hair. I saw it drip off their face. They don't even wash their body. And so now they're touching everyone's food with their dirty hands. And you're like, fuck, I wanted to grab a bread roll or I wanted to grab some meat off the table. And now I can't because these idiots with dirty hands are touching everything. And now I don't even want to touch the food. It's ruined. And the carpet's covered in filth. And when those people leave, those guests leave, now they didn't clean up their mess, but there's a huge mess and someone else needs to clean it up. We wouldn't like that. So often in the Bible, God talks about feast days, assemblies, and other things at the temple. And God, uh, here I'm reading right now in the book of um, Amos, chapter 5, verse 21, God says, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell your solemn assemblies. 
and though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. So here's an example. They go to God and here, these are offerings. So these are, these are free will offerings. What if these people go out and they tell everyone God's an idiot, God's stupid, God's ugly. You can't trust God. God's a liar. God's an hypocrite. They go out and they just slander God and they profane his name and they do heresy and blasphemy. And then they go to the temple and they say, oh, here's some meat. God's, I, if I, I don't know what God would say. Here's what I would say. I would say, who the fuck are you and why the fuck are you here? Now, at someone else's birthday party, this might be a big uh, controversy. But at the temple of God, if, some, if I say, get the fuck out, you don't belong here, that makes sense because he is God. So when they offer offerings to God, which are supposed to be free will offerings, what are they doing? They're liars. They're not welcome. They shouldn't be there. So when Israel offered offerings to um, God, what did God think? God didn't accept them. That's a very gentle word, isn't it? What if someone, what if at this birthday party, they offered gifts and someone said, I will not accept them. That's a really gentle way to say it. What would, what would someone like Dale Travis mean? Or that's my name, I think. I'd say, you don't belong here. Get the fuck out, motherfucker. You can take those presents with you and get the fuck out. Someone else is going to have to clean up your stinky fucking mess. And we're going to clean up the little mess you made so far. And you don't get to stay because you're about to make a big mess if you stay. You're about to make everyone else feel unwelcome. Get the fuck out. And if there's only one guest that belongs there, I might have fun. And we might go find other guests that are not filthy and vile and repulsive and disgusting. Liars. Slanderers. Who profane God's name. They're not welcome at my party. So God says something kind and peaceful. But I... I'm not as gentle and peaceful as God is in some ways, I guess. I might tell those people to get the fuck out. And if we're at the, uh, a birthday party, I say, leave. If you're at my birthday party, you're not welcome. If you're like that. And if you're at the temple of God, you might get a sword right in your chest. Right through the heart until you're dead. In one move. In the world, that's illegal. In the temple of God, that's called fulfilling the law. Because men that worship someone who isn't God have committed a sin worthy of death. They're typically also human traffickers, child rapists, child molesters. And those are all sins worthy of death. They're rapists often who do human sacrifice, human trafficking, and other sins worthy of death, such as witchcraft. And you probably don't know what that is, but that's satanic ritual abuse. So a man that worships someone who isn't God is typically bad in a huge number of ways. So a sword between the ribs quickly solves the problem. At the temple of God, this makes sense. So when God talks about burnt offerings, meat offerings, peace offerings, sin offerings, let's talk about a sin offering now. Someone sins and they go to God and they say, I've sinned. I've committed a sin worthy of death. I'm going to offer you this lamb and maybe the lamb will die and I can live today. And maybe you won't kill me today or tomorrow. That, that's sad. That someone would sin so much and not even try to make it right. So let's talk about my burp. I just burped. And a lot of people are offended by that. But you know what's more offensive are the words that proceed out of men and women's mouths in the world. Those words are very offensive. So when God talks about these offerings, they don't go there and say, God, I've sinned. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I did the wrong thing. I should have done what was right in your eyes. They don't do that often. In the past, they might have done that rarely or maybe often at brief time periods. But there are also times that they didn't. And then, and then God might have hated those days. What do they normally say? Fuck you, God. Fuck you, Almighty God. I don't need you. I'm only bringing this offering so the people here think that I'm a respectable person because for some reason they respect this. I'm doing it 
here's your fucking lamb. Fuck you, God. They'll say filthy things. They have filthy mouths. They're men that think that things like butt fucking is interesting to talk about at the temple. They're men with filthy mouths. And while it's not a sin for a man and a woman who are a husband and wife to have anal sex, they might do it once per month. They don't have to tell anyone. It's their secret and it's not a sin. Nothing needs to go in his butt. When a man goes to the temple and says filthy and vile and repulsive and disgusting things continually and his actions are violent and his thoughts are violent and his words are violent, God knows all this. And I hate that too. I assume God hates it and I don't know. He's never told me and I'm probably never going to ask, but I hate it. And so what does God say? He hates their feast days. What do they do when they feast? They eat and they profane God. Where'd they get the food? In Israel, God provided it, often with miracles, every single day. He did a lot of miracles there. He did miracles there often. Now, I don't know how often. Maybe it wasn't every day, but it could have been. He did miracles at the end of the year, just huge ones. Or he just did continual miracles that they saw a little. Or maybe he did a bunch, like several big miracles. But God did miracles. I don't know what he did. I don't know how often. And he provided their food, and then they eat it, and then they profane God, and they say, God didn't provide it, someone else did. And when they all saw the miracle, or many of them saw it, and others heard about it, so they have filthy mouths, and so my burp isn't nearly as offensive as what actually proceeds from men's mouths. So when we hear about this and we think that you hear about it, it's not that God hates it when they do stuff at the temple. The temple can be a house of prayer. It's a place where they can pray. It's a prayer where they can go to God and seek knowledge and wisdom, where they, there are priests who might have knowledge and wisdom, and they can ask these priests questions. It should be a place that's a, a pleasant place to go. It could even be a cool place to go, a fun place to go, like a party, where people rejoice in salvation and show due reverence to God and are happy to be there, a place where it's peaceful and where there's no murderers or human traffickers, no child molesters, no rapists, and no one practicing witchcraft, which is very bad. As I said, I, I say, we, when you think of that, we think of satanic ritual abuse, the worst kind of things is what we think of when we think of men that go there and have filthy mouths. So at the temple, when I'm in Israel, there will be no men that do this. If I see even one man doing any of this, he's going to get a sword between the ribs. And that's not a violent action. That's a peaceful action. Why? When a murderer dies and a child rapist dies, there's more peace for everyone who lives near them. It's peace. It's more peaceful. Two men die. That takes about one minute, maybe less. We, I put a sword in their ribs. I drag them out of the temple, both at the same time. That takes about one minute. Maybe there's a little blood. We clean that up. Done. Back to having fun. And then in Israel later, when people say, why is it better in Israel? Because when I'm there, there will be no murderers, no rapists, no child molesters, no human traffickers. The worst of men will not be there. They'll die if they come to Israel. And they'll say, wow, it's just so much more peaceful when we fulfill the law. In the United States of America, uh, Europe, Britain, and other places, Asia, someone who commits murder goes to prison for a few years and then gets out, maybe 20 years, and they commit murder again sometimes, sometimes over and over again. When somebody commits rape, they might get out in two or three weeks or months or years, maybe months. It could be longer or shorter. Sometimes they don't even go to prison and they rape over and over again. When the rapists are dead, it's better for everyone else. When the murderers are dead, it's better for everyone else. We don't have to live in fear that our daughter will be raped because she goes out at 6 p.m. in the wintertime and it's just slightly dark. It's better, it's safer, it's more fun. And then there's room for a lot of happiness. And then we might consider knowledge and wisdom 
and things you've never considered possibly, or rarely, or maybe you did it often because you're unique, but a lot of men and women don't consider righteousness or wisdom or knowledge when they live in fear every day. So when we consider sacrifices at the temple, we're not just considering whether God likes them or doesn't like them. We're considering that the men and women that offered the sacrifices, were they right in God's eyes? They sinned, but did they go there and add sin to sin and add a hundred sins to those sins? And did they say filthy and vile and repulsive things and profane God's name? Did they drop their pants right there and do something obscene at the temple, which often happens with men and women who worship a false God? Rapists might also drop their pants in public and flash people. That's inappropriate. It's wrong. We call it lewd. Then there might be lewd acts at the temple. It might just be repulsive and disgusting. Filthy man after filthy man. So does God hate sacrifices? In the future, the whole world will be filled with knowledge of God.